in the city. You must fight to survive. He saw tortillas on the corner, but the mob wanted, wanted him. <laughs> every time we start this, I think you're going to say that. I, I do it every time, but that's because this summer, Arnold Schwarzenegger is Little Tortilla Boy. <laughs> Stop for the sue us for copyright. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bit from Pablo Francisco. He's a, a funny comedian. He did that bit, God, what feels like 10 years ago. And it's still like my one of my favorites it's it's just such a good classic bit to me maybe it was 10 years ago who knows uh, i mean the internet knows oh, oh okay all right well today we're gonna talk about everything epigenetics everything it is and everything it's not Hello, everybody, and welcome to Just Nas Science Podcast. Each episode, we debunk ridiculous yet common science and misconceptions we find online and get just a little salty about them. I'm your favorite science teacher, Lauren. And I'm your personal neuroscientist and, I guess, comedy stealer, Nick. Uh, before we get started, if you're listening to a podcast episode about epigenetics, you're probably a nerd. And if you are a nerd, then you might like Pokemon, and I... I'm a competitive Pokemon player, and I have a YouTube channel, and the link is in the episode description, and I would love it if you came and checked it out. So, uh, we're doing a giveaway on my Pokemon Twitter, which I guess Lauren doesn't know about. No. <laughs> but nice I, to me. I'm doing a giveaway on my, on my Pokemon Twitter, so if you want to win and start playing the Pokemon trading card game, go check it out on Twitter. Anyway, that's... What is, is it a... Is it a date with me you're giving away? How would that help someone learn to play Pokemon? Oh, I thought it was going to be like an auction. I don't know. Whatever. You you know, if that wasn't so close to feeling like I'm selling you... uh, I I, was in a date auction once. Okay. In college. Well, we are stopping this episode to talk about this now. (laughs) I I think we were raising money, fundraising money for something. And uh, I volunteered to be part of the date auction. It was just in my dorm. The date was in your dorm? No, like the Damn. auction was in like uh, like one of the communal lounges. Okay. It wasn't that serious. Okay. How much did the winner pay to go on a date with okay, you? Okay. First of all, I was the first one to go. I was breaking the ice for the event. Okay. That's just a way of saying it was pretty low. Okay. And we're college students. Everyone's Stop broke. Stop stalling. Just give us a dollar. It was probably like 10 bucks. $10 to go on a date? And D bought me. And your best friend <laughs> bought you? <laughs> it was pretty sad. How many okay, how many other people were at this event? I don't know, ten to fifteen. Oh, okay. So it was really and, small. But Dee definitely did it just to like help me out. It, well, by the sounds of it, it wasn't like there were a bunch of people vying to buy a Like I said, I was the opener. I was the opener. Well, okay? You say like you're, you're Everyone, the opener. No are, you, are, you probably... doing, are you doing tricks? Are you doing stand-up? No, like, because So then what's the difference? No one's ever been a part of a date auction before. It was awkward. People weren't sure how to, how to do it. And then so I was just like, I'll, be, I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> and also... Also, to make you feel a little bit better, I don't just say I'm your favorite science teacher in our introduction for nothing. Okay, I received a message today from a student who said, thank you so much, Ms. Tina, for all your help this year. You helped me so much in my first year. I think it was her first year in the country. She said, 
And I don't know. Some of this might have been lost in translation, or she may not have known. But she was like, I love you. You're the best. Oh, that was very nice. And it was really cute. really made my day. Yeah, I bet. No wonder you were in a good mood today. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We don't get enough of those. Yeah. So that made this horrendous year all worth it. All right. We're like... For almost four and a half minutes into right. this episode. All right. So, yeah. So, we're going to talk about epigenetics today. And I was I was excited when, when Nick suggested that because there's like one of my favorite stories about epigenetics is Nick and I were one time at this like little deli up the block that made juice, you know, like different juice options for you. Know, you know, like a juice place. You know, like a, yeah, like vegetable juices. They know what juice is. And uh, we went in there to get them. I did, not Nick. And I don't. I don't want a vegetable in juice. liquid form. <laughs> yeah, like that's right. So you're accompanying me on a trip to the juice store. Right. The appeal of vegetables is not that I have to chew them. It's that it's they're gross. Anyway, anyway. continue. We're at the. Juice so there was this. We're just waiting to get our juice, and there's some guy in there ordering his juice, and he's like, "Hey, man, I don't know if you guys are interested in science or something." And this is all paraphrase. This was a few years ago. And he's like, well, you should come join my group. We're talking about epigenetics and, and how they're basically doing all this crazy shit and blah, blah, blah. And like using it to control the population. And I was like, some crazy ass shit. He's like, you know anything about uh, science or epigenetics? And Nick, <laughs> I know, could not fucking wait for this guy to stop talking. So he could be like, yes, in fact, I have a master's in neuroscience. And let me tell you something, that guy shut up real fast and then left the store. He's like, oh, yeah, come uh, come join us. And he even tells, like, where it was yeah, or when. Yeah, no, no information, no follow-up. <laughs> Immediately knew we'd probably shut him down. I would just cheer Nick on as he did it. <laughs> but, yeah, at least Nick would. So it, I loved that. It was very funny. And, like, you remember the massage you were getting a massage once and this guy was telling you oh, all this stuff yeah. not really related to epigenetics but somehow we always end up in these weird conversations i, I he he wrote a lot of this stuff down he was telling me during the massage which is not relaxing and i was like we should use this for an episode and i think i just threw it out but anyway so we, i i thought about doing this thing on epigenetics because we just got jerry's dna analysis we sent uh, a swab, like you know, swabbed the inside of his mouth, Two which swabs. He, he did not appreciate, and we sent it in to see like what breed he was. Since we, if you don't know, we found well, Lauren found Jerry tied to a fence in the middle of Dece- in, uh, January. January. And, and people it, always ask us, always ask us, oh, he's so cute. What kind of dog is he? And I'm like, well, no. he could be this. He could be that. So we wanted to mitigate that. We wanted to know a little bit more about our dog. So we sent in a DNA sample. And it turns out he is a purebred. He is 100% One shih tzu. fucking 100%, baby. Like, people will pay $2,500 for a purebred shih tzu. We got it for free. We got that five-finger <laughs> discount. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I had my money on Pekingese. I think Jerry looks very much like a Pekingese. But, and Bark says otherwise. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, I've never seen anything 100%. Uh, Conan O'Brien is 100% Irish. And he got a call. He got a call from his no, like twenty three and me saying, "I like, just told you that." Yeah, I, I, it was so weird because right after you told me, like a few hours later, I was on YouTube. I was like on YouTube Shorts yeah. because I don't like TikTok, and 
it, it, that interview came up where he talked about it. It was very That's strange. Co- I was just telling Nick, one of my coworkers said like her cousin did that. And they basically called her because she was 100% Irish. And they're like, we never see this happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, they made her do a second swab just to make sure. Um, yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So Conan O'Brien too. But anyway, uh, we are now eight minutes in and have not said what epigenetics is. <laughs> All right. Why don't you tell them what, what is, because there's a lot of misconception around it. Give us like a little def on epigenetics. Okay. I don't like when you shorten words that don't need to be shortened. Uh, epigenetics <laughs> is everything that pertains to your DNA that's not actually your DNA. So as you grow and as you experience things, your genetic makeup changes, but like it doesn't really. So you let's, for example, you have a genetic code and we'll keep it simple. We'll go A, C, C, A. That's your genetic code for a particular protein, right? That's part of a gene. And as you grow and as you experience things and have all these environmental influences and stuff, your actual genetic code does not change. Your primary, what we, you know, what we call primary genetic code does not change. Like that ACCA will, will always be there. It'll always stay that way. However, the protein that that gene codes for may become more or less uh, expressed over you know different points in your life based on epigenetic factors express yourself so what happens is your dna is not free it's not free floating just like these big strands long strands of dna if you've ever done a science experiment where you like visualize dna you always see it as like a helix or you see it as like white strands in like a liquid if you like actually pull dna out of like a strawberry strawberry? oh i love that lab it's a cool lab but when you pull it out you're not you are pulling these strings out and that's not really how your dna is your DNA is actually tightly wound in histones, what's called, or sorry, around histones in what's called a nucleosome. Nucleosome? So, yeah. Uh, like Warren said, imagine if you had a string and you wrapped it around a bead. That The bead is the histone protein and the string is your DNA. And you wrap it up and you compact it so it can actually fit inside the cell. And... In order for DNA to be expressed, there are all these proteins that need to attach to the DNA. You have like transcription factors and you have DNA and like, or like RNA polymerase and you have uh, all these things to unwind the DNA and open the DNA up to like replicate if that's what you're doing. And so there's a bunch of things that happen and there's like a lot Wait, of Wait, my action. favorite one is which is the one that prevents like super coiling? Is that... Topoisomerase. I love that. Like how thoughtful is that yeah i mean without it you wouldn't be able to do it so that's that's amazing i love that That, that's a little more complex than what we're going to talk about but but in short epigenetics is basically the expression of your genes sometimes they get turned on sometimes they get turned off or they're like super expressed or they get diminished their expression gets diminished and these things can lead to disease yeah and a lot of them are environmental factors right like you ever see identical twins grow up in different households and and one has heart disease when they're older and one doesn't and that could be from diet you know a lot of a lot of environmental factors and that's because certain genes were activated or deactivated where it wasn't in the other one so um think of it like a almost like a light switch like on and off for the purposes of genetic studies in humans studying twins is like 
the greatest thing ever. Like the Mecca. That's of, that's yeah. usually what studies are done with, like what people strive to do certain types of genetic studies, uh, especially like lifelong studies. If you want to see how different things will affect a person throughout their life, twins are the way to go. And this is like the perfect, like if you ever have this nature versus nurture debate, well, epigenetics is like this essentially in a more scientific form. Yeah, uh, so what happens is there is a protein or like a, uh, it's not really a protein, it's like um, an add-on that gets stuck onto your actual physical DNA. It's a marker and we call them epigenetic markers and they can make the DNA more, like it can wrap even more tightly around the bead or it can loosen it up around the bead so that like it can be expressed more often and these things really do have consequences and and i it's i don't it's hard to kind of go into it too much because it gets extremely complicated and like there's a ton we do not know but ultimately people will talk about how things alter your dna how things mess with your dna and i don't think they really know what they're talking about there are Hell, we barely know what we're talking about. This is something we're still, like, figuring out and discovering. When we talk about DNA and, like, protein synthesis and all this kind of stuff, we talk about, like I said, the primary DNA sequence. So you have the primary protein sequence. That, especially your DNA, the DNA sequence does not change except during times of, like, replication where you can have some type of mutation or there could be uh, an error, but you're body does have a a lot of checks for that. it has checks and it has proofreading um it's very very cool how when you're making new dna it can like backspace delete and then like <laughs> make like redo basically it's it's really really interesting but anyway so when people say like, oh they, it's gonna alter your genes it, it probably won't right like, or it may cause them to be expressed or or not expressed but yeah i mean i, I think that's definitely used a little loosely when people say things like that but something cool i did um recently stumble upon was a study about cotinine which is a nicotine byproduct so it, this was studied in pregnant women and some women were exposed to this or had you know they had this in they tested the blood in the umbilical cord some had very low levels and some were levels that were you know what you would expect with secondhand smoke and they're saying that Higher levels of cotinine showed that um, newborns were more likely to have epigenetic marks on genes that control the development of brain function, as well as genes related to diabetes and cancer, which I thought was really incredible. And so you have to think, so they're saying, basically this study was saying like no amount of smoke is safe. Like you don't even want to do like um, secondhand smoke. You don't want to be around a partner and in a household that smokes. Like you want to be is as little exposure to that as possible because they're saying it does have actual consequences i know it's funny and adorable to have a little baby you know puffing up and everything but don't do it (laughs) that's not even adorable it's not i don't know why i said that (laughs) but you have to think about this especially with if you're pregnant with a girl right you're pregnant with a female you know where I'm going with this? Oh, I know, but I don't right. stop. <laughs> okay, so this this can have intergenerational consequences. So obviously when, when females are born, right, they're born with all the eggs that they'll ever have to reproduce. 
So when you have an embryo developing and their eggs start to develop inside them and they're getting these epigenetic marks and things are changing and, and genes are being expressed or maybe not expressed and it's not what it should look like in terms of their genetics, well, then that can affect their eggs and therefore that pregnant woman's grandchildren, which is crazy to think about. And if you don't believe Lauren, there was actually a study, I believe it was from Sweden. Uh, there was a famine in Sweden and they looked at the different uh, epigenetic markers and uh, genetic markers in general for people who survived the famine they looked at their grandchildren and saw remnants of stress and f from due to like food scarcity and these things do carry on and it, it really makes me wonder all the people who have lived through things like i don't know any war in the 800s like or like the uh, thousand like 1200 or whatever like wartime and city sieges and everything were crazy brutal and people lived through that and they were pregnant and they had kids and all these things and that stress gets passed on and how many people have been affected by it i mean it's it's remarkable to think about yeah so it really makes me think about like caring for my body especially you know, when I become pregnant, but even now, like, you know, I, I listen, I have all my eggs with me. I want to, if we decide to have kids, I want to make sure they're in the best shape possible, which means I must definitely need to reduce my stress <laughs> levels 100%. Yeah. yeah. And look, it, it sounds scary to say like you could be harming your future grandchildren, but at the same time, it, you, you can't really think about it like that. Just take care of yourself get a little exercise, drink some water, and... Uh, well, I mean, humans, like, we're, we've been doing pretty well. You know, like, I'm sure if we made it this far, we're not we're not hunters and gatherers anymore. We're not fighting on the plains for dominance, you know, in the savannah anymore. Are like we still are sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. Like, in the past, human past, things were, I think, were a lot more stressful. I mean, they do say today we do undergo a lot more chronic stress, though, with things like jobs and... You know, that may not have been around back then, but, you know, I don't really know for sure because I, I wasn't there and I couldn't tell you. But um, it, it is something I do think to be mindful of because I just think, you know, when Nick and I first had this conversation about intergenerational trauma or epigenetics, it just blew my mind. Like, I don't know why, but I never thought of that. Like, that never occurred to me that, like, well, you're pregnant with a female. That female is developing the eggs that she'll have and use for her offspring and if something happens and it affects those eggs in the embryo, you can be affecting two generations down, which is unbelievable to me. And, you know, they say one of the things you don't want to do when you're pregnant, they're like, don't move. Don't move into a house. The moving is such a stressful situation. Like, you do not want to do that. I know so many people who do that. <laughs> you know, they move into a house and they're pregnant because they want the room. But it's like, it is very stressful. And it, now we know it not just affects the baby, but it could potentially be affecting the grandkids epigenetics isn't just about you know affecting the future like it, it affects you like you at the moment you could have a change to a protein or a gene where you know genes make proteins ultimately that could affect your health so it is important but also i think it's fascinating that epigenetics isn't just used in disease epigenetics is also used in fetal development if you 
think about how many different genes are in our like our genetic makeup. It's not that many. Like there are fruits that have more individual genes than humans do. What? Yeah, it's crazy. There, like, it's remarkable how many actual coding genes we have. I think it's like in the ballpark of twenty thousand actual genes which is really not a lot for the number of cells and proteins and all the things that our bodies do um it's crazy and there are like more i think it's like bananas or corn or something have more actual chromosomes than humans do it's 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 wild it's crazy it's nothing makes sense anymore (laughs) but what what happens is there's the amount of protein or genes and so, like, our, our genes are turned on or turned off in combination in sets. And that those sets make a much, much larger diversity of genes in humans and well, proteins. Like stem cells, right? Like, in a certain part in development, your stem cells in, in a developing, you know, fetus embryo start to go through um, different changes through like differentiation like differentiation through markers and, and hormones during different times in the pregnancy and that's when like you know an ear develops where it's supposed to rather than like a foot or something you know like we know these go to uh, epithelial cells or these go to eyes you know the cells they start to differentiate and that has to do with you know a lot of this hormones markers things like that yeah gro- I, I would, growth I would, factors is what you're growth fact yeah so would i be correct to say that like because this makes me think about how how much DNA we share with like chimpanzees, but yet how different we are. I would. Is that related? Like the the actual fetal development and the the transcription factors that are present. I mean, probably there's there's obviously something different or something that is uh, different about us compared to a chimpanzee or a bonobo who we share like ninety eight percent of our DNA with, which it's which is crazy. But it's you know it could be that. The 2% that we don't share is extremely different and important for human development or that it's not as important, but we express our DNA differently, which is probably, you know, it's probably both, honestly. Yeah. Just the, the actual physical expression through the the sets of DNA and the epigenetic markers and all this kind of stuff that allow... Uh, the different growth factors at specific time intervals during development is what makes a human a human compared to a chimpanzee a chimpanzee and not essentially the missing link. So, uh, you got anything else? I think I'm pretty good. I feel a little bad. Like, we, we're times up on the episode and we really didn't talk that much about epigenetics. We really kind of bullshitted most of this. I mean, it was like a, it was like a little introduction to it. I think a lot of people don't really know exactly what epigenetics is. So I think we did a good job describing that and give us a little examples. We can go ahead and you know do a more detailed episode after this. But I, I think I think this is good. Plus, we keep competing with really loud mufflers outside and keep having to edit that out. <laughs> I don't know why lately. I've noticed these last few months many more cars. With extremely loud mufflers. Yeah. I, Not a fan. Just a bunch of muscle cars out of nowhere. And I don't really like them because as someone who makes videos and podcasts, like landscapers and really loud cars are the bane of my existence. <laughs> That's going to do it for us today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and especially share it. It takes literal seconds to hit subscribe to click the five-star review button, and it would mean a whole lot to us. 
positive ratings and shares on social media on the biggest ways you can help us spread this good, good science to even more people. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at JustNatScience. You can also visit our website, JustNatScience.com, where you can watch YouTube videos, read blog posts, or submit questions and suggest topics for future episodes. Don't forget, we put out new episodes every Tuesday. And as always, thanks for listening. Later, you nerd. Later, Gator. You know, it's been like a year and a half, and I still don't have this thing memorized. I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how. I don't know.